1: I'm I'm fairly confident that within, like, 10 minutes or so, I'll be sweating because that's just, like, what happens? Like, I close the door, I put my headphones on, and, like, I'm freezing. I'm like, oh. And then we're, like, halfway through our third time. We're like, holy shit, this movie was so bad. And I'm like, ah, like, taking layers off. <laughs> it's just, it's just, just so warm now
0: I'm cooking. In, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting in front just, of a ring light, and that's cooking me, so.
1: I don't know if it's just, like, the the climate control of this room or if it's like the heat of my own rage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're probably warmer than the actors were who uh, were (laughs) making this movie. So that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fite.
1: And I'm still Sabrina Buckets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina Buckets, at your service. Um, So uh, Caleb, we were just talking about this. This is the fourth Polonia movie we have done now.
1: Yes, we we so we were we were rattling them off. There was the Shark Exorcist. Yeah. Uh there was Sharkenstein.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh sent sensing a little bit of a theme here with Polonia. Yeah. Uh and of course Jurassic Prey when we did the the double feature with uh, was it Jurassic City, I think. And uh, had, yeah, uh, Jurassic City. Jurassic City. Yep. That was that was a good time. I enjoyed that. Um all right, so here's the thing. Um obviously we we've just given away that we are covering a, a Polonia Brothers film uh, to kick off this month. and Michael, we have a theme this month, yes, we do have a little bit of a theme this month and the theme is not uh just
0: a uh, uh, sharks, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. The
0: theme is is are there good shark movies
1: which I have uh, I think both on this show but also just uh like in conversations with you, I have speculated that I don't believe that there are. Uh, of course, with you know, the a notable exception of Jaws, which is not only the good shark movie, but is just a good movie, period. It is just an excellent example of filmmaking, of horror, of monster making, of uh, character building and redemption. Character building. Yeah giving us a, a, like a realistic glimpse of how people respond in disaster situations, like <laughs> everything, like Jaws really holds up, but like most shark movies are absolute trash. And as we were looking through the Polonia brothers uh, filmography, or specifically Mark Polonia, because as, as we learned recently, Mark was a, a twin. They started the Polonia brothers uh, film uh, company together. The The other brother, I believe his name was John. I don't uh, John, remember. Yep, John, John, okay. Bologna, yep. uh, did pass, away some time ago and mark continued uh continued and we have um he they have done a lot of shark movies like we could do an entire month just of polonia shark movies now we're not going to do that no both to ourselves nor to you (laughs) uh but the the question is: Are there good shark movies? So we're going to uh, we're going to spend some time uh, watching several different shark movies from from different uh, film companies and determining do we think these are properly representative of the genre. Uh, but Michael, I had a, a revelation today, and as we get into discussing this film, I will I will back my thesis. Uh, but we have spent a lot of time shitting on the Polonias on this show. It's true, yeah. Uh, And not without validity, mind you. I'm not backtracking on anything we said (laughs) uh, at all. I take
0: back nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) However, uh, I am going to open this episode by positing that I believe that Mark Polonia is secretly a fucking genius. uh, And that everything that we have chosen to to shit on is a 100% conscious decision. And that this is like an underappreciated, just absolute master of fucking awful cinema. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you bring it up, I'll be, okay, so full (laughs) disclosure, so the name of this week's movie, you guys saw it in the title, but if this just auto-played and you don't know what episode we're playing uh, right now, we are covering the movie Noah's Shark.
1: Which, uh, right off the bat, is an absolutely fucking... Hilarious pun to me.
0: It is great. Yeah, I absolutely I do love, okay, so here's the thing. I actually kind of like the big, big, big picture idea of this movie as like Mm -hmm. a horror movie. I love the idea that basically, you know, just, just as, um, you know, uh, the devil appeared to, uh, Eve as a snake, although that's very loose translation. There's a lot of, you know, that's really Mm. not the case. And, you know, historically in the Bible, that's not actually what happened. But anyways, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, just as, as she appeared, uh, he appeared as a snake, he appears to one of Noah's brothers as a shark, saying like, hey, you got to get me on this boat. Which, first of all, what the (laughs) fuck does it, what's the irony of a shark needing to be on a boat because of a flood? I I, I need to know the answer.
1: So I'm not sure which part of that story I like better. A shark trying to wheel and deal to get on the ark to avoid the flood, or the fact that there wasn't room for him because they already had two sharks.
0: They're the like, "Sorry, <laughs> the third shark. I can't. We already have two sharks." And they like, "Oh, those guys are assholes. Come
1: on, I'm a, like, I'm a much uh, better shark than those guys. Guy steals
0: my newspaper. Come on, man. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this
0: is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I just, it's just brilliant. Yeah. So, anyways, the fact that." a fish needed to be on a boat in order to stop from drowning, whatever Uh, the Bible, man, let me tell you. (laughs) But I I do actually love the idea of, of the shark basically being like, you know, I I think it'd be cool to have a, a, like a Noah's Ark story, but it being attacked by like a Megalodon shark trying to sink it because it was really the devil or something like that's a cool idea, right?
1: That's a fucking story.
0: Yeah. Right. Like Like... there is an idea here.
1: A uh, a last ditch effort from like the the wrath of a, a spiteful devil as God tries to save his chosen few, uh, which I mean the whole story of Noah's Ark is so like comically bad to me to begin with. Oh, like yeah. there's so many holes in it. The like it it's almost not even worth getting into. But it's also worth noting that like several ancient cultures have a depiction of a world ending catastrophe uh, frequently in the form of a flood uh, around a similar time frame, or even more agents. So like basically the story of Noah's Ark is a retelling of the story of Gilgamesh, which is probably a retelling of something else, who the fuck knows how far back this shit goes. Right. Uh, but it, like absolutely fascinating to think of like the ways that you can adapt that story because it's so ludicrous to begin with. Like it's a nearly a blank canvas for for terrible ideas.
0: I, you know, I, I so I do want to t- uh, talk about one specific part. So they do mention that Noah was like five hundred years old. Is, is that the mm-hmm. case? Because I know that in in the Bible there are a lot of like human characters who are like hundreds of years old. Yeah. And what gets me is that there are people who don't read the Bible but tell you they do and are like the Bible is true. But then like skip over that part or the fact that like, you know, like when the flood happens, uh, you know, we're going to just ignore the fact that God killed like millions of babies, you know, like, you know, like hundreds of thousands of babies. Uh, Listen,
1: people, the Old Testament God is not pro-life. The Old Testament God is pro himself,
0: dude. He was he was barely pro pro life anything. Man, he was just kind of like, did you just look at me weird? I will fucking smite you.
1: Did you look me look at me, look smite. At me again? Fucking I fucking smite you. Yeah, guess fucking what?
0: Smite. Now I'm gonna make you kill your kid. Now I'm gonna make you kill your kid. That's what you fucking get. That's what you fucking get. Tempt me, I'll tempt you, asshole. Right? God's a dick. We, that's what the point we're trying to make here, no matter how you read the Bible. Um, the other part that I really like about the Bible, too, is that the whole Adam and Eve story, is everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh well, Adam and Eve were the first two humans, but they weren't actually. Mm-mm. They were basically in a zoo, and like... A lot of other people existed, like humans existed outside of the Garden of Eden. And there was like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that lived outside of the Garden of Eden. And it like Adam and Eve weren't the first people. He created perfect people because he was like, yo, fuck all those humans that I made. These sea monkeys don't, they didn't work out the way I wanted. So I'm going to put some brine shrimp in this better table over here. Like that's literally all he did. Like, let's be real.
1: This movie actually does briefly, if dif- dismissively, touch on the idea that, like, the Bible as we know it uh, was compiled by, like, a, a few different events. Like, the, the you know, councils of the, the Catholic Church elders, you know, centuries after Christ, centuries after, you know, Christianity became a, like, formalized religion and recognized as, like, the state religion of the you Neo know, Roman Empire and so forth and so forth. Uh, and it's just a bunch of dudes— arguing, wheeling, dealing, and who knows what else to decide what should and shouldn't be accepted as canon. So there are dozens, if not hundreds, of sacred scriptures, in air quotes, that didn't make it into the Bible, and what we have now is just what they decided. And so, like, it's a very incomplete picture of a very, very imperfect account of history.
0: (laughs) But the sacred manuscripts! Real page turners, they were not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: like. I, I kind of like the idea that that was specifically a dig at uh, like biblical scholars. Uh, but yeah, it's like one of the characters in this film, uh, what's his name? The 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 the, 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 the Buster Buster Pretorius, which is a great here. name. Uh, <laughs> great. Here, starts Buster. to starts to make a comment on that, and the the priest is like, Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we. We don't talk about that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, this is like you. This is like putting like Kathleen Kennedy, George Lucas, and like four other people in a room and being like, "All right, decide what's canon." You know, whereas George Lucas is going to be like, "Hey, fucking, you know, Java people, you know, Tuscan Raiders eat each other. Uh, that's canon, right? <laughs> Maybe, sure. Uh, you know, like uh, uh Wookies have teeth in their asshole. Like, yeah, canon. Pew pew. And everyone's like." <laughs> Uh, okay, George, great. What? (laughs) Great, like, let's not invite him next time. You know, same idea. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> who invited George?
0: George yeah. Who
1: who told George about this?
0: He just <laughs> wanders the halls of the of Lucasfilm. I mean, he, I don't think he even has a home anymore. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so this film has a very small cast. Uh, this this movie did come out uh, just last year. So, this movie came out in 2021. So, it was most likely filmed during COVID. And mm-hmm. really, there's only a cast of about four people. We do see yeah. like one one or two other people. Um, but they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're glimpses of that. Now yeah. that also being said, I do want to point out something else that I find that is very interesting. So the name of this movie is Noah's Shark. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. The shark has maybe three minutes of screen time. It's
1: yeah, and most of it is in a bizarre series of like just like B-roll footage that they keep replaying, and yeah. that's so. That, and my, hearing
0: it and, yeah.
1: Th- this might sound weird because this movie is such a steaming garbage pile, <laughs> but my biggest problem with it is that it could have been a roughly, like, 30, maybe 45-minute short film uh, that hit on this goofy premise and, like, did it in, like, pure Polonia style. Uh, but he made the decision to just keep including these, like, rehashes of things that we saw earlier or flashbacks or like these weird like glitchy stuff that like just doesn't make any fucking sense and like we see this vision of this supposed witch of Endor which they make a joke about Star Wars regarding this but like what the fuck? <laughs> and then what like the we point? see the uh, the the constant flashbacks to the dude who supposedly first found the ark, and like his whole story gets replayed like four times, and that's a good like twenty minutes worth of footage. And like we there's another scene like where the 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 priest tries to like bless the uh, the board that supposedly comes from the ark, and it doesn't like. We have the classic Polonia Brothers CGI fire. Yeah, Uh, they replayed that entire scene later. Like, there's a bunch of that. Like the whole scene, not Not just like a quick flashback. The entire scene with all the dialogue and everything. There's a lot of that shit, and I just like I don't understand. Like, Mark, Mark, Mark. I know you're listening, buddy, buddy. (laughs) Make shorts
0: yeah really you could be cranking out more shorts than you are than features seriously and there will be a little more and concise. this is a
1: short film to begin this isn't like just over an hour like imdb clocks it at an hour and 11 minutes obviously yeah. a bunch of that's credits at the end but like and the beginning this is already a fairly short runtime film which mercifully <laughs> but like it doesn't even need to be this long
0: yeah, I agree. This, this could easily have been like a 35, 40 minute film, just like you said. Yeah. I, so mm-hmm. I want to talk about the, the flashback scenes to the guy who discovers the arc location question oh, mark.
1: Because Before we do that, I, I I think it's important to mention that, that during that like exorcism scene that I mentioned, uh, the father Ben, the priest specifically makes a point to say, this board looks like it could have come from an Amish barn. Yeah. All right. All right. That's important because.
0: So it did come from an Amish barn. (laughs) It just straight up came from a barn. And we see 10 minutes later. 10 minutes later, we see what is supposed to be the crashed ark. And it is literally just a barn. It is just a straight up (laughs) barn. And that is brilliant.
1: Absolutely no shame from this company uh, of filmmakers to say, like, oh, we located the lost Ark of Noah on Mount Ararat, which, like, it, they do give a, an, an accurate location for where Mount Ararat really is. Yeah. Uh, kind of in between Azerbaijan and Turkey and Iran. And the estimation uh, of
0: where the Ark would have landed if that yeah. were real. Yeah,
1: but their their setting for where they filmed location quote unquote for Mount Ararat was very obviously Appalachia. Oh. <laughs> it was just straight up rural Pennsylvania. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Like, they find the arc, in quotes, and you literally see the dude prying a board off the wall of a decrepit old barn. I'm like, this fucking chef's kiss, absolutely brilliant, because he calls attention to it so that when you see it happen later, you're like, ah, I see what you did there. It's an inside joke.
0: And the thing is, is, like, they clearly just stuck... A different board, a different colored board, onto <laughs> yeah. like a gray barn. They stuck like a light brown board to it, and we're like, "Oh, look! This is just this was totally here, right? <laughs> like that makes sense." Yep. So the guy that supposedly finds the ark, uh, first off, is he's, he's next to a very very shallow swamp uh, mm-hmm. in you know, northern Pennsylvania. Like this is very clearly northern Pennsylvania, you know, mountains with next to a small pond. Uh, they
1: later refer to it as a pond.
0: Yeah. And so this is what gets me. So the guy is, you know, he's getting like mesmerized. He pulls the board uh from the thing. He gets drawn to the water. He leans down to the water to take some uh to take a drink, and the shark, the ghost shark, comes out of the water and and bites his his uh, arm. Now the mm-hmm. thing is, is that when we see the bite, it is the tiniest of little. Bl- I mean, like we're barely talking, a scratch. Yeah, like we're talking like you won't even need a band aid for that one. It won't it won't be bleeding in in a minute. Mm-hmm. Dude hacks off his own arm. It didn't even rip his shirt that much. He hacked off his whole fucking arm. It didn't even rip his shirt. <laughs>
1: He had not so okay a little so bit. So, not only does he massively overreact by chopping off his arm as though he's like Herschel in The Walking Dead and it's gonna save his life or something, uh, we see him later walking like dragging the board behind him, walking with like his shirt pinned up because he only has one arm. Because that's what you do when you only have one arm, you pin your shirt up, at the sleeve. Uh, but you can very clearly see his arm inside the shirt, which I love. Yeah, that was great. And then we later see like scenes where he's like holding his stomach of an arm and it's basically only chopped off at the wrist so what happened like did he later have to go back and chop off more did like he, he just, didn't do a, a good enough job the first time? every couple it's of minutes
0: like, like, he was like you know i could uh, probably shit, trim a I little gotta, more of that i can i,
1: gotta, I can get this oh it was, it was uneven there i gotta i, yeah. gotta, I gotta i gotta get, get the gotta cut get more. A nice
0: clean cut it <laughs> was <laughs> a little straight <laughs> a little crooked for that one i'll i'll get it right i'll get it right, I'll get it right. <laughs> i can't even <laughs> say it it sounds so stupid i gotta, I gotta get the cut straighter Ah, <laughs> oh, it's too jagged. Oh, it's fucking hatchet. It's too tall. <laughs> I I don't know. Does it make me look a little big? with it this <laughs> length. Maybe I should make it a little shorter. <laughs> anyway, so... And and the dude's straight-up lumberjack, right? Like, he's a straight-up yeah. lumberjack, and I think that's also amazing, is that, like, he's supposed to be this, like, crazed... Uh, maybe not necessarily, like, a biblical scholar, but he's supposed to be, like, imbued with this biblical knowledge of, like, where everything is, and he's studied it for years and mm-hmm. has this journal, and, and dude's walking around in fucking Wrangler jeans and, like, a Kmart plaid shirt. Like, it's yep. not... <laughs> Like he is not exploring uh it, it very well. <sighs> it's I love it. It's I great. Love it. And so we, we get introduced to uh, uh Father uh Benna right off the mm-hmm. bat. Um and Father Benna is played by uh Jeff uh Kirkendell, um who in the beginning of the movie uh uh Father Benna is uh has a reality type show where basically a um uh, a camera person follows him around and he does exorcisms and this is kind mm-hmm. of like his his I think think like Dog the Bounty Hunter but exorcisms right mm-hmm. that's kind of what mm-hmm. this is at which by the way if you guys aren't watching Evil which is now on Paramount Plus you should absolutely be watching Evil if anything about that uh. Uh, um, tickles your fancy.
1: I do need to watch that. Yeah, dude from Luke Cage is in that. Dude from Luke
0: Cage is in that. Absolutely, and he's really cool. So basically, the plot of the story is is like it's basically X Files, but all paranormal things. But basically, it's a priest and a and a scientist or Mm -hmm. a a, um a priest, a scientist, and a lawyer. Basically, they go into these places that are suspected to need exorcisms, and their job- They walk job. into a bar. <laughs> so they all walk into a bar, and uh, the <laughs> bartender says, why the ghost face? Um, uh, so, I don't know. Uh, this is what happens when you have to last-minute think of jokes and you're not funny. You're just like, uh, words. Um, so, but basically, they have to figure out whether it's paranormal or possibly normal. Uh-huh. I did did the plug. You did the thing. I did the thing, the plug.
1: I Uh, promise I'm I'm going to start working on season two soon. Yeah. If if anyone out there knows and cares.
0: And if you want to submit your own stories, if you have a ghost story or a possible ghost story, submit, submit, submit. Possibly
1: normal at nightshiftradio.com.
0: Yeah. Um anyways watch the show it's pretty cool uh and because it, it's also kind of creepy it, it is by the way very scary at times like there was one episode that legit kept me up all night um Ooh. so the yeah so so the dude finds it. so we, we we meet father benna and his uh camera guy who is um z i guess i don't know
1: who no the guy camera guy is alan and that's mark polonia
0: Oh, and he's, right, right, right. he's been
1: yeah. in a few of these movies too because I recognize him I was like wait yeah I'm me like, too yep yeah did, so Alan did I have by... that guy at the Apple Store once uh, probably <laughs> so Mark
0: Polonia was the director of this movie and uh John Dalton was the writer of this movie mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so yeah so we have uh father Benna and um uh Alan his camera guy and in the first exorcism we see basically the girl uh starts alluding to the fact that um he specifically father Benna Is, um, you know, using exorcism as an excuse for molestation. You know, and so like the whole thing gets caught on camera and the mother like busts in and was like, oh, I'm going to tell everybody like this is the end of your career. Like, this is it. And he's like, no. And then just as like they're they're leaving and, you know, like storming out the door, the daughter turns back and with a demonic voice is like, see you again, father. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
1: Um, I
0: don't remember what she said, but uh, but yeah, so basically like implying like, haha, I tricked you, you know, like, I you know, screw you. Um, and so he's like, bah. And then he meets up with uh, Buster Pretorius again. I, so, porn star name though, like, kind of a little bit, right? It would Kinda. probably be like Buster Clitorius, though, but like uh, instead, <laughs> I know it's pronounced Clitoris, but it's Pretorius, so Clitorius, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, Who was played by uh, uh, Ryan Dalton, who I would assume is related to uh, John Dalton.
1: It's certainly possible. It is uh, uh, highly likely. Like, we, we get a, a little bit of backstory that, like, Buster was, like, a, a televangelist type who was skimming money from the church and got caught. And he's he's working now on a uh, a TV show that he wants to do, you know, a reality show that will essentially, like, it, uh, it, he doesn't remember the title, but it's like, it's like Road to Redemption or Rocket to Redemption or something with redemption. And it's, I guess, apparently his way of, like getting back in the public's good graces, but, like, he's a total sleaze.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Um, which, by the way, though, like, I still don't really understand what the big deal is. Like, you should absolutely be skimming money off of mega churches, but then also forcing them to pay taxes.
1: Well, the thing is, it's the pastors who are skimming money from the congregations. Oh, from the people, that's right. They're, 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 Cheating them out of money by like basically telling them, like, if you the more you give, the more God will bless you. And meanwhile, the more you give, the more uh, the pastor is blessing himself with your money. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I'm sorry to break it to you folks, is largely what happens in these churches.
0: I would be really surprised, and I mean this truthfully, if any of our listeners at this point were like, what? (laughs) Like, I would be really surprised if there's, like, some real diehard evangelicals, like, listening to our show and being like, hold on a minute, guys, hang on.
1: You're telling
0: me, you know, like, I uh, would be surprised.
1: I did tell a five-year-old yesterday that prayer was bullshit, so, like...
0: I mean, I started to maybe
1: l- I don't really need to warn people anymore because they just know that's that's who I am. <laughs> that's who
0: you are. Yeah, I mean, you know, my uh, well, I raised my child atheist and I said, you know, like some people believe this and I tell her the stories of the Bible, you know, and other things like that, you know, whenever she hears or asks about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'll be like, what? And i would be like, yeah. So like, do you think that really happened? And she'd be like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, why? And she'd be like, well, because if none of the other stories happened in all of my other books, like, why would that be any different? Like, <laughs> like when I asked if Harry Potter magic was really, you said, no, why would I think this magic is? Cause that doesn't uh-huh. make sense. And I was like, I love you. You're my child. She's, and I love
1: you to death. <laughs> she's a good kid. Yep. It's pretty great.
0: Yeah. Uh oh, I forgot. We were at a birthday party uh yesterday, uh the, a week ago now for those of you listening, and the one of the, the I was like standing next to her and one of the parents like said something about like, oh, God must really be on our side. And I remember she like turned to look at me and gave me like a <laughs> and I was like, I you never made me more proud than this exact That's... moment eye rolling at uh <laughs> at these sort of the comments.
1: I just want to point out, are you seeing this? You're like, already getting the... I am already sweat. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I am already sweating.
0: <laughs> I t- I'm telling you, man, you got to get this little Honeywell, fa- or, uh, Honeywell...
1: I do, I do. This Honeywell
0: I, quiet fan, I know you guys can hear the fan now, but it's so no, quiet and it's brilliant.
1: I couldn't hear it, so I don't know if it'll translate yeah, I don't know if it'll, translate it'll pick up into, at the end. But. Honestly, the only time that I have ever heard that fan... Is when you're using your actual like gaming headset, like yeah, it'll pick that up on one's that. Like
0: a, you know, pick yeah. up the whole room mic. Yeah.
1: And also, like, I remember it was like 130 degrees that day, and I wasn't gonna be like, oh, your fan's a little loud, buddy. <laughs> right. When I was like, <laughs> I
0: was like, we're lucky we're even gaming because I'm melting with two monitors, two computers, <laughs> headset. I, had,
1: I have a tower fan that I'll turn on sometimes. It does a pretty good job of moving air in the, this room and keeping it cool. And like, I remember like only once did I turn it on and like leave it on during a recording because I think that was when our air conditioning was broken oh, during a yeah. like triple digit heat wave. And I'm like, I am like I like honestly, I don't care if it comes through. It, and I don't it, think it ended up. I no, think it, it, I think it turned out good. I think it's filtered out fine. But like, yeah, I probably should turn the fan on. But you know what?
0: Yeah. So speaking of temperatures, extreme temperatures. So it's clear that this movie was shot over the course of the winter, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, so there's uh, eventually what ends up happening is Buster, Father, Father Benna, Alan, and then they pick up this uh, woman by the name of Gina. Um, or Jed is what everyone calls they her. They call
1: her Jed, but yeah, Gina Jedlicher or, some, Jedlicher or something. Yeah,
0: something like that, but yeah, so everyone calls her Jed. So uh, it's Father Benna, Buster, Jed, and Alan. They make the trip to Iran, and the reason why they bring Jed is because she's kind of like the... The mercenary, like, you know, does the odd, uh, like, security detail. You know, you know, one of those types in the movies. Yeah. That, like, those yeah. sort of people. Um, So, she's that because the way that they have to get to where the Ark is, they do have to kind of go over a few militarized zones in foreign countries that don't allow people, specifically Americans, to go over this area. So, they're kind of using her as protection and as a uh-huh. guide.
1: Like... <laughs> I don't know. There's a couple of flags about Jed that that like worried me. Sure. One and like very like she's very clearly traumatized from her past war experience. Obviously. Um, that that's obvious. Uh Two, she like the only weapon that she brings is like a single like machine pistol with like one magazine and like no backup, and so she's just wandering around carrying this uh, like. This machine gun, like, out in the open, walking through militarized zones. That's a little bit weird. She also uses a flashlight in broad daylight.
0: Uh, Several times, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which I thought was really interesting. Also, I I do (laughs) want to point out that the weapon... Now, look, I'm not a weapons, guns person, but, like... That I know this from Destiny and other first person shooters. That gun is not designed for range. So like no. she ain't no, hitting anything not. that's not five feet in front of her.
1: No, no. And also, like, presumably they had to fly to get where they're going. You're not, you're not traveling with that gun. You're no. not. I'm sorry. And it's not like she stopped somewhere and picked up a, a fresh copy of the exact same gun. Like she very clearly brought that with her. Where I just want to know, get- like, Jed. Jed, is it is it dark where you are?
0: Well, I mean, she was wearing is the it, sunglasses. Maybe they were so dark that she needed the.
1: Flashing. Is it dark? Is it dark where you are? Because it's broad daylight, and you're shining a flashlight around. Because you said you thought you saw a skull gleam. <laughs> it, do skulls gleam where you I, where you live? Yeah. Is, is, it, is it dark and just full of gleaming skulls like dark that?
0: Dark and gleaming skulls.
1: Jed needs to see a therapist immediately.
0: I, Jed definitely, <laughs> yeah. I I would, if I was Father Benna, who well, I guess uh, if I was Alan, because Alan seems to be the only one with like common sense uh, about him. Uh if I was Alan, I would be like, you're all fucking weirdos, and this is the worst trip I've ever been on.
1: Alan appears to be not like Originally, he comes across as like he's his buddies with the with the priest, but later it seems to be a, a revelation that he actually works for the the film company that is producing these reality shows. Yeah, uh, because he's like, you know, the, the like we got to get something better than what we have, Buster, because like you know we're paying you, and I'm like, wait, yeah. you're paying for this? You're,
0: you're paying for what exactly?
1: <laughs> um, we have to, to to take a pause. Um, and note that um, Father Benna, while praying in his hotel room, apparently because he he left his house to stay in a hotel room before traveling on this trip, I don't I don't know. Yeah. He's visited by a occultist uh, who who identifies himself only as Z. Sure, uh, and they claim to be descendants of the the, the tribe of, of Noah's lost son, Zadkiel, who I'm pretty sure was made up for this movie. Um, I've never heard that name before. It is... it is. I mean, there's a lot of weird, like, lore and apocryphal and stuff like that. Again, stuff that didn't make it into the Bible that, like, was still written down. So maybe it's, like like a legit story. I don't know. Uh, but they claim to be descendants of the, the lost, cursed son, Zadkiel, who uh, tried to make the deal with the shark and get him on the boat, and Noah was drunk and killed him, but like Zadkiel had fucked a witch, and she gave birth, and then, you know, this this group exists. Um, so this person claims to be a, a member of a cult that is founded on this lost figure from the Old Testament yet very clearly uses crucifix iconography on their their costume. Why?
0: I need to know. I think it's really important. Uh, also, I think it's really great that the mask that they wear is just one of those, like, plastic-like masks. Yes. And later they find one on a tree, and Buster was like, I found this mask like think through a tree. And he was like, that's probably been there for hundreds of years. Like, my <laughs> dude, it is a plastic mask plastic mask with a rubber band around the back of it. Like, nobody was walking around, you know, in like 1300 uh, Appalachian North Pennsylvania and nailing plastic masks to doors or to trees.
1: I, I just realized something. Yeah. The the Ark must be a spirit Halloween. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> it fucking is. Because that's where he gets his cool red cloak and his plastic mask. <laughs> that's it it was a spirit halloween from from the thirteen hundreds. We figured it out,
1: well, yeah. and so, like after the, this uh, the attack there, like um Buster like sees the this cultist attempt to burn down his studio or whatever uh while yeah. he's trying to like flirt with an actress on the phone, yeah, uh so he follows the the, the cultist to. Uh, Father Bennett's hotel room sees this whole thing go down and like knocks him out with a frying pan and then talks about like the smell of bacon. Uh, so As they you drag, do. they drag the the cultist to the back of Father Bennett's car, which I shit you not is a Kia Soul. Remember how I said that Mark Polonia is a fucking genius? <laughs> the priest driving a Soul is just, just like. The cherry on top of this whole thing. I
0: mean, listen, I drive a Kia Soul, $20,000 to get you a nice CUV uh, with good gas mileage. It's worth the money. That's all I'm saying. If there was an electric uh, Kia Soul, I would buy that shit today.
1: Kia It's a good today. car. It's a it's a good car. Surprisingly, yeah. Uh, because I know Kia had just such a, a weird reputation for a while, but they, like, I think okay. I think the hamsters really turned it around.
0: It is like the early two thousands was really rough. Like I I've I've had now like four Kias, and my first two Kias were really bad, really really bad. <laughs> and uh, yet but she this, kept going back. I kept going back because they're really fucking cheap, dude.
1: That's true. <laughs> Twenty thousand
0: dollars for a basically an SUV? Are you kidding me? With thirty five miles per gallon, like dope. I'm about to drive to Columbus, Ohio, and that shit's going to be great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... One final note on the the brilliance of of Mark Polonia before we we wrap up the the plot of this film. Uh, there's another moment later where Alan is like wandering through the woods by himself, still filming on his handheld like VHS tape recorder. Yeah, uh, that he's filming this entire thing on. Which I always love when you see a camera person like and a, like a film crew in a movie and they're being filmed. My brain is always like but who's filming the cameraman man? filming you? Yeah. Uh, but it's like he's stumbling through the woods and we're seeing through his camera's perspective and he keeps saying i don't want to be in a found footage film
0: <laughs> that was probably the best line of this whole movie
1: my guy mark polonia fucking man of the year
0: <laughs> that is that line was absolutely brilliant and i remember as soon as he said it i I definitely laughed out loud he was like i don't want to be in a found footage film i was like yeah <laughs> Great. All
1: right, so our our group of explorers, they, they make it to Mount Ararat, despite all of the, the obstacles in their path, the, the cultists and the foreign militaries and whatnot, and they do it. They find the Ark. Yeah. Uh, or rather, they find the barn. They find the barn. Noah's <laughs> so barn. We, we get this great, like, CG shot of the Ark. Yeah. And, like, in all of its gleaming, like... W- like miscolored glory like there's some like weird rainbow hazing around it and then father benna approaches it and it is clearly that just like weathered old gray barn in pennsylvania somewhere yeah. <laughs> just like you did it you did it (laughs) guys you fucking found that bar you
0: good job yeah you know uh, so this is where you know it's the four of them father benna you know uh touches the ark, and you know the spirit goes into him and he you know he's he's hearing from the the super sexy devil woman which by the way super sexy devil woman i was just like she's the the hero of this story right because she's amazing in my dream girl
1: (laughs) It's the the like the curvy black horns for me.
0: Yeah, it's what did it. It's definitely what did it 100 <laughs> percent So uh, eventually he gets possessed and and he, he kind of gets imparted with a knowledge of the idea of like good and evil are are just two sides of the same coin and that like you don't understand, like we have to perpetuate this myth. Because it's important that people, you know, one, think of the myth, and then two, that they come here and get sacrificed to the shark because we're kind of keeping it at bay. Uh, and But at one point, um, uh, uh, Buster and Jed end up heading down to the little pond area. And, you know, Father Benna finally makes his way down. He's like, no, you got to stay away. And Buster gets eaten by the shark, and Jed's about to get eaten, and, and he pulls Jed away, and she's like... Oh my God, you saved me. And he's like, Yeah, because that's what priests are meant to do. And then she immediately gets eaten. And I just mm-hmm. think that that is absolute brilliance to begin with. <laughs> yep. Because she's like, He's like, She's like, You saved me. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I did And she's just dead. <laughs> just dead. And that is just brilliant. It is brilliant.
1: It is also worth mentioning. Uh, for my personal experience of watching this film, remember how I told you how I discovered what spatial audio was like with one of our, like, complete trash movies that we watched? Uh, This movie took full advantage of it. Oh, good, (laughs) good. like, the sound on this was really intense. Oh, boy. That's (laughs) great. So, all of the, like, crunching through the snow and, like, all of the weird, like, the, like, shriek noise that they make, like, really pops, like wild uh yeah and so the the like after watching jed and buster both get eaten by the shark and realizing now that like this is just the way of things it has to happen he catches up to uh alan who has run off uh you know in his desire to not be in a found footage film And like uh, takes the camera and throws it on the ground and Alan's like, Why did you do that? He's like, We have to we have to leave it here and like we have to go because other people have to discover this area. And I'm like, My dude, why not just erase the footage and keep the expensive and camera? Keep
0: the expensive camera and the microphone and like mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. that's
0: also not your and shit. That's Alan's shit, man.
1: He gets Yeah and Ellen is strangely okay with uh, with Father Pena just smashing his camera and leaving it in the snow. I love that when he does
0: he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> what a perfectly normal explanation that I uh, fully accept. All right, let's go. Cool.
1: <laughs> just genius. Yeah. Absolutely fucking and genius. Off
0: they go and uh, eventually make it home, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so there's Noah's Shark. Uh, Noah's Shark is currently streaming on Prime Video and Tubi TV. Uh, so if you're the type of person that watches movies uh, after we review them, there it is. So should you watch this movie? No, no, of course not. <laughs> this movie is terrible. Don't watch this movie. If you already watched this movie, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> you know, you know what you get sometimes with with the never heard of a podcast here. Uh, but other than that god no don't watch this movie
1: <laughs> but also maybe do. like maybe do. maybe do because again like <laughs> this like really opened my eyes to the true brilliance of mark polonia uh and also uh john oak dalton uh yeah. in in the writing and and directing of this film uh just wow just, just like wow indeed re- really wow really wow um, uh, as I, as I stated at the beginning, I take back absolutely nothing that I've ever said about the, this, this film company because everything they produce is complete trash. But like, I understand it now. And like, like there's, there's a certain joy in that. There's a certain, maybe it's a sense of relief that I'm mistaking for
0: you. You know, I think there, there's a very large difference between accidental trash and purposeful yeah. trash. Yeah. Like, and, like, purposeful
1: you know, trash can be beautiful. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, Lloyd Kaufman, uh, Troma are all perfect examples of purposeful trash. The The point of their films are to be schlocky and bad. And uh-huh. now that we, you know, now if we think back on it, yeah, maybe that was what Polonia Brothers were trying to do. They weren't, like, writing movies and being like, guys.
1: This I, one. This, this is the one, This guys. is the
0: one. Like, I think... <laughs> I think people are really gonna, you know, like that's not what is happening here. They're like, oh my god, what else would be really bad to do? like oh, a CG shark, like or or like 3D model shark jumping out of a, a fish pond. Done. Like let's go. Like
1: the muzzle of a shark just barely in frame of the camera, <laughs> like having a conversation with a made-up son of Noah. <laughs> like it's like fuck, genius.
0: Yeah, it's just like one of those rubber shark. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was absolutely great.
1: And like again, this is the fourth one of these movies that we've watched, but it's the first one that I took the time to like notice those details and not just like be just appalled at how horrible that the, the movie made is. This. Yeah, and like why would you do? Now I understand why, and like it's just it's a whole new appreciation for me. So, uh, Mark, bravo, Good. bravo, John. Well done.
0: Good job, guys. Uh, you're you're doing you're doing John Polonia proud, carrying on the tradition. We uh, we <laughs> applaud that and uh, appreciate it.
1: And you have given us here at the Never Heard of It podcast a deep well from which to draw. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. So uh, there it is, everyone. Uh, you probably noticed at the beginning of this episode and last week's episode, we have a brand new show uh, out now, um, which is uh, Night Shift Radio presents. Suspense! (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's actually uh, the redistribution of the 1940s CBS radio show by the same title, Suspense. Yeah. Uh,
1: Which uh it, it, like if if you've been around long enough you will probably have heard me talk about how much i love that show and how like to me like that's the reason that i do any of this because i was so like enamored with that show as a as a youth mm-hmm. uh and when i stumbled across an archive of all of the like almost every episode ever and all of the ones that are currently still available uh under a license that allows us to like re-release them you know, for non-commercial and non-derivative works uh purposes like Hell yes. I want to put that back out into the world. And I want other people to have the same, like, same moments of just being just wrapped up in this story. And like, you got to know what's going to happen right until the very end. And there's some amazing writers, amazing voice talent that was involved in this. Like, just to me is like the peak of non-visual entertainment.
0: Uh, and truth be told, it is the first one of uh, of one of my podcasts that my mom actually wanted to listen to.
1: Uh, yes! so because
0: she also really loved those radio shows, which I still Hell haven't yes. gotten her to listen to the Storyteller series. And I'm like, it's the same thing, just like cleaner audio. <laughs> like you should listen. She's like, mm, No, I only like the old ones. I was like, Yeah, but it's like it's the same. Just just new voice, like new stories, new actors. She's
1: like, and fewer ads for powdered cleaning supplies. Yeah,
0: she's like, mm, nope, uh, not interested. And then when I told her about this one, she's like, oh, send me the link to that. I'll listen. I was like, mom. Come on! I have like twelve <laughs> podcasts on this network. This is the this is the one you're going to listen to. The redistribute. All right, whatever. Thanks, mom. Thank you, mom. I appreciate the subscribe. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'll take uh, it. again, this it's just you know it, for us it, it's fully just a, a a loving homage to the the classic radio. will we'll never see a, a dime of compensation for it. Yeah. Uh, and we will never claim any ownership of it. We just want it back out there in the world. So. Give it a subscribe, give it a listen, and like just lose yourself in the wonder of it.
0: It's going to be amazing. Daily episodes, so it's going to be really, really cool. Um, but yeah, so there it is. There's another Nahoyed episode. We have a whole month of shark movies coming at you, so you're going to uh, want to take a look for the next one. So the next one we're doing is Ouija shark. Ouija shark? I, I mean... God damn it. <laughs> it. But it's not Polonia Brothers. I don't think so, at least. Uh, yeah, so Ouija shark... Uh, coming at you next week, uh, uh, streaming on 2B TV. So, hey, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Links down below. Uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, the Nahoit Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, check out the main feed at Night Shift MG. Um, that is where you're going to get info about all of our shows, including our other upcoming shows like Tipples and Tolkien, which is uh, a Rings of Power after show. And all sorts of other things that are going on. um, and of course, as always, share with one hundred thousand of your closest friends,
1: you know, it's it's asking something of you, but we don't think it's asking too much
0: it's It's a light ask is what we're saying it's,
1: we like we we believe in you, and we think that like you can find time in your busy schedule to reach out to a hundred thousand friends easily, easily. we believe in you,
0: yeah. Uh, so, thanks a lot for listening I to
1: everyone. Will you.
0: And that will be our first copyright <laughs> strike. <race> uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. And we will see you next time.
1: You are about to enter a world unlike any other, a world where terror and imagination collide, where nearly anything is possible. This is Night Shift Radio Presents Suspense. I'm your host, Caleb. Allow me to welcome you back to the Theater of the Mind as we bring you this classic series from the golden age of radio. We've resurrected all of the available original episodes, unaltered, for the sole purpose of introducing a new generation of listeners to this magical world. Dubbed Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills, Suspense originally ran from 1940 through 1962, culminating in 946 episodes, and featuring renowned voice talent from the worlds of cinema and radio. The many tales of Suspense span across mystery sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, all sharing the common goal of hooking the listener until the very end. It is my sincere hope that this show can inspire and entertain you as it did my younger self and so many others. So be sure to subscribe for new episodes daily wherever you get podcasts. And now, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and set your imagination free in a world of mystery, intrigue, and yes, Suspense.